Fantasy Fuel is powered by Pole Sports. Get instant fantasy football advice through real-time polls by visiting polesports.com. What are you doing, Doc? I need fuel. <laughs> Give me fuel, take a fly, sit me trace it out of Zion. Now, here are your hosts, John Eddie Jr. and Tom Tuttle. Welcome back to Fantasy Fuel. We are on location in Canton, Ohio. Yeah. It took us seven and a half hours <laughs> to get here, but we have arrived. We're a little tired, but that's okay. Yeah, we're fine. We're fine. We can do this. All right. Well. The news around the National Football League. Well, in the fantasy world, there is no bigger news than when it concerns Josh Gordon. <laughs> yeah. The savior. Oh, man. The most talked about of anything. The internet goes nuts as soon as Josh Gordon is reinstated, and that is exactly what has happened. Josh Gordon yeah. can play again. Yeah, we'll see how long it lasts. We will see. I... Currently own Josh Gordon. We own Josh Gordon, yeah. I believe, in one league <laughs> together. And I own Josh Gordon in my salary cap dynasty league. And he is currently making $4.20. Yep. That's a perfect, the perfect <laughs> amount of money you can be paying him is in that, so many ways. Is that a clue as to what's going to happen in the future? Or are we putting this in the past? <laughs> um, well, since that's basically been all of his past, <laughs> I can't imagine that his future is going to change. So I don't know. Nope. But I'm going to say he will probably be suspended at some point again. I don't know. Josh Gordon, yep. MVP. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Let's do this. Uh, in other news that concerns a little bit of Tom and a little bit of I, because the Philadelphia Eagles... <laughs> Have been running through backup quarterbacks. I guess Carson has now just shifted all of that injury-prone status to the backups. They're taking mm-hmm. it all and letting sure. him be the quarterback he needs right. to be this year. Of course. We have now signed Uncle Josh. Yeah. Hey, Josh McCown, I'll tell you what. He's a great backup to have. I would love him as a backup. We had him last year on the Jets. I wanted him to start the season, to be honest, just because I didn't want Darnold to be out there. You know, with the inexperience and whatnot, but that ended up working out okay. Whatever, I think McCown's a great backup. I think he is—he's the opinion of me of a great, wonderful backup to have. I don't think you can have a much better of a backup, except for maybe Nick Foles. Mick, well, he was of course. Awesome. I was just going to say the Eagles do know a good backup quarterback yeah. when they see one. Yeah, of course and they I, do. I'm ecstatic that he's there. I don't want him on the field, but. <laughs> I mean, Unless he wins the Super Bowl. I, I'm not going to argue with results, but that's neither here nor there. I like the signing. It doesn't mean a whole lot if yeah. if Carson Wentz goes down. Nobody's going to be scrambling to pick up Josh McCown in fantasy. Uh, I might consider it if I had Carson Wentz. And now it's time for Twat, this week's Antonio Troubles. <sighs> we thought we were done. Never done. Never going to be done with it. We are in uh, one of the states that probably hate Antonio <laughs> Brown the most. <laughs> yeah. And, well, according to Pro Football Talk, <laughs> Antonio Brown found a helmet. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, this is good news. Yes, the uh, shoot air advantage made in 2014. Uh, bad news is apparently the NFL changed its position about this particular helmet, and it still needs to be tested. And the expected news, it failed. <laughs> apparently, yeah. this helmet was made specifically for a film. It was certified, but then the NFL didn't like that particular certification. I don't know what it is that he doesn't <laughs> like about the newer helmet, but it has to be something to where it impedes him from being the guy he wants to be. I don't understand quite exactly what's going on there, but he's looking in all directions to get a helmet that he likes because he clearly doesn't like this new one. It, it's either that or it's just something to get through hard knocks. Yeah, you never know. know what's going on there, but that could be a very well uh, case of hard knocks. Just to, we need some more of this. Keep going. We since Josh Jacobs is hiding from the media, apparently, of course, hard yeah. knocks. We mm-hmm. need something to talk about. Yeah, and uh, John Gruden hasn't been going haywire like we thought he was last year by trading players. <laughs> and we made <sighs> this segment before hard knocks yes. so we got the rights right i, I think, think that's so. how it works it sounds good to me <laughs> well we in this particular episode we want to get to the first few rounds that are a little more difficult to pick players yeah in. you get your meat yep. rounds one through four you can find some studs yep five six and seven it starts to get a little dicey. you gotta find your dessert you got your meat you got your potatoes. It's time for some dessert. This is where sometimes if you get a good dessert, it's really tasty, but you could also get something that's stale and old and nasty. You take one bite and you're like, yep. I'm glad this is a buffet because I'm going to go get something else now. <laughs> right. Yep. Well, these are the perfect rounds, in my opinion, to take some home run swings. And yes. And we will get to a few of them. We are going to start off since we are in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Tom is going to start, and I'm going to give you the uh, ADP of this particular player. We're starting yep. in the fifth round. Uh, the ADP I'm looking at is currently 506. Yep. And this player has apparently been taken as high as 305 and as late as 611. Who are we talking yeah, about? We're talking about Tyler Boyd. 305 is way too much. You can't go that far. And if he's dropping in the seventh round, that's a real good steal. But... Uh, I'm going to talk about Tyler Boyd, and I'm also going to talk about Jarvis Landry. Uh, both similar situations here that I believe they will be better with the other wide receiver on the field across from them. Tyler Boyd, obviously A.J. Green, is going to be injured for – he's going to miss a couple weeks or so. And that would you – would, you'd think that Tyler Boyd is going to have a better opportunity. But I want to make the argument that A.J. Green on the field actually helps Boyd more than you actually realize. Last year, uh, with Green out, he wasn't on the field. There were six weeks that he was going. He had 27 receptions, 408 yards, and two touchdowns for Tyler Boyd. The yearly equivalent, if you do all that and make it in about 16 games, would be 72 receptions, 1,088 yards, and five touchdowns. Not a terrible year if you do that, but it's still something. Now, with A.J. Green, this is where it gets really interesting. He had Last year, he had 49 receptions, 620 yards, and five touchdowns. And if you take that and put it into the yearly equivalent, it's 98 receptions, 1,240 yards, and 10 touchdowns. These are astronomical numbers if you can 
if if this stays this way when AJ Green comes back and is on the field, that's going to be huge. Now, just to put a little more perspective, in the nine games that Green played in 2018, Boyd averaged 8.2 targets, 79.7 yards, and 0.56 touchdowns per game. Without Green, Boyd averaged 6.8 targets, 62.2 yards, and 0.29 touchdowns per game. To be fair, though, some of these games without Green were with Jeff Driscoll under center. That and That doesn't help anybody. That doesn't. It's not going to help you. So if you had Andy Dalton, it could have probably been better. But the fact remains that Boyd thrived alongside Green when he was on the field. Another thing is if, if Driscoll obviously is not going to be the quarterback to start this season, and it's going to be Dalton, that could be better for, uh, for the wide receiver's core in general. And it doesn't matter if A.J. Green is going to be out there. Uh, but the point being is that I believe Boyd is going to be good enough this year to be a flex option or better. But when Green comes back, he could you have yourself a wide receiver that is a stud at this point. And it's going to take you to the fantasy playoffs and possibly get you through the fantasy playoffs. Now, same situation, Jarvis Landry. But it's really, to me, about Odell Beckham Jr. Um, Odell Beckham Jr., when he was on the field, and the wide receiver, too, has been on the field as well. Let's, first, let's, I want to take a look back at Reuben Randall. Back in 2000... Reuben Randall? Yes, we're talking we about... going We're right talking now? about Reuben Randall. Back in 2013, before Odell Beckham Jr. played in the NFL... Ruben Randall had 41 receptions, 611 yards, and six touchdowns. Then Odell Beckham Jr. came onto the field in 2014, and we had Ruben Randall had 71 receptions, 938 yards, and three touchdowns. That's a big improvement. But then we go even down a little further. 2015, Ruben Randall had 57 receptions, less receptions, uh, 797 yards, less yards, but eight touchdowns. Ooh. That's a lot of touchdowns. Now let's go on even further to 2016, where Sterling Shepard had 65 receptions and 683 yards and eight touchdowns. Now I want to look at 2015 and 2016. Both of them years, we had Odell Beckham Jr. on the field for almost the entire season. Okay. The other years where the guys aren't getting eight touchdowns, he's on the field for 12 or worse than that. For 2017, he was only on the field for like four games. That was sure. a terrible year for the entire uh Giants offense because everybody got hurt. It seemed like so Shepard really wasn't much of a factor in that year either. But even if you look at it when he was missing uh, five games, four games, when he had 12 games on the field with Odell Beckham Jr., Shepard only got four touchdowns. So now Jarvis Landers never missed a game. Yeah, that is that is insane to me. To be in the, the National Football League as long as he's been in there and never miss a game, insane. Yes. Now, Jarvis Landry, before we move on yeah, any sure. further, uh, he is currently, his ADP is about 508. Yes. Uh, he has gone as high as 401 and as low as 702, according to yeah. the ADP we're looking for. And uh, it's, it feels about right, but you have to remember Jarvis Landry is always on the field. Always on the field. And that makes it, that, I talk about consistency all the time. When you're on the field, there's nothing but consistency when you when that's going to happen. Now I want to make a little bit of an argument here too with Jarvis Landry. I got all of his numbers popped up. I'm not going to read through them because it's going to just bog us down with time and stats that you probably don't want to hear. But the number two wide receivers for Jarvis Landry, 
One was Mike Wallace back in 2014. Not a bad guy. He had actually a pretty decent year that year. And then 2015 was the number two, obviously, was Shard Matthews. And then 2016, the Devon- currently retired Richard right. Matthews. 2016, Devontae Parker. 2017, Kenny Stills. And then last year, actually, the number two wide receiver on the team was Antonio Callaway. Oh so we're talking about a guys that aren't really complimenting a number one wide receiver that much. No, not at all. So you still don't believe that Lolo Beckham Jr. can make Landry a great option, right? Well. Or maybe you do, but I'll give you even more. <laughs> okay. Here's what Landry did in 2013 when Olo Beckham Jr. was on the other side of him at LSU. Odell Beckham Jr. played the entire year. Hey, that's The a good entire thing. year for that. Landry had 77 receptions, 1,193 yards, and 10 touchdowns, which is more than he's ever had in the NFL. Right. And that's in 13 games. I honestly believe that when every time Oda Beckham Jr. is on the field, the guy across from him gets an enormous amount of touchdowns. And when it's Jarvis Landry and not that Sterling Shepard or Reuben Randall, it could be not just the 10 touchdowns, it could be 100 catches. And you have to remember, everybody out there listening, these guys are best buds. They probably right. want to outperform each other, yep. and that may push them to just astronomical fantasy numbers. I mean, Jarvis Landry was down last year, but before that he was almost a for-sure 100-catch mm-hmm. guy. And maybe he won't be a 100-catch guy this year, but maybe because Odell Beckham's on the field, his touchdowns will go up, and he'll make up for that well, lack of 100 I can catches. tell you why I think Jarvis Landry was down last year. Number two was Antonio Callaway. Right, exactly. I mean, that's a nobody right now. <laughs> so you got your – when he becomes the number two, that's completely different. I really believe that this is going to be a big year for Jarvis Landry. I hope you're right. <laughs> uh, we have him in multiple leagues, yep. and we've talked about him last year, and for years we've been talking about him. So mm-hmm. Jarvis Landry and Tyler Boyd, if I had to put you on the spot and you had to pick one of those guys, <laughs> which one are you taking? Boy, it's a good one, but I'm going to probably go with Landry just because that's just where my heart goes. Yeah, I figured yeah. that. But, all right, uh, uh, my fifth-round option, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to even consider <laughs> this guy. I was not in favor of him as a rookie, and uh, his current ADP in the fifth round is 5'10", which okay. I think is a great spot. For this person, uh, he has gone. This this might be a typo or something. It says he has gone as high as two twelve, <laughs> and as low as seven oh six. I am two twelve. I am not in any way endorsing the fact that you should draft him that high. <laughs> I might take him in the fourth round, depending on league style and what. Right. Yep. Uh, the player I'm talking about is a tight end. I told everybody I'm going to be on the tight ends this year, <laughs> so we're talking about tight ends again. And this guy is Evan. Ingram. Right. He in yeah. his uh rookie year, he he only caught fifty five point six percent of mm-hmm. his passes. He had hundred and sixteen targets in his rookie year without Odell Beckham on the field for yeah. much of that it year. It pretty much goes perfectly hand in hand. With him, it's almost opposite of what the wide receivers do. Right. It's Odell Beckham Jr. makes him worse. Yes. <laughs> Um, and then his second year, he actually increased his catch percentage to 
70 percent mm-hmm. so we're improving that was my biggest grip yeah. with ingram as a rookie is he just had volume but wasn't catching everything whether that was quarterback play or him being a rookie it, right. it all factors in there yeah well if you can extrapolate these numbers into the upcoming season and give him his 70 percent and the same amount of targets that he got in his rookie year, that's given him 80 catches. That's a lot. That is a that's ton a of catches. I know it's end. not a, rook, a record. You know, no, Zach no, Ertz no, got yeah. the record yeah. last year. But 80 catches for a tight end in the fifth round, late fifth round, I think that's as good as you can get. Because a lot of points, yeah. in that same vicinity, you're talking about Hunter Henry and Jared Cook and Vance right. McDonald, and those guys just, there's so many question marks. There's a lot of question marks there because Hunter Henry, well, we don't know if he's going to stay healthy. He's been, he's been hurt every single year. Uh, Jared Cook, I just, I don't believe in, I, I sorry to say, I Stone really want Cook. to. I just can't <laughs> believe in Jared Cook at this point. But, yeah, I, I agree with you when it comes to uh, uh, Evan Ingram. I, like I've, we've been saying this for a long time, no Aldo Beckham Jr. means really good things for Evan Ingram. And so. these guys, most of these guys are going to have lots and lots of targets, at least the guys we're talking yep, about that yep. are supposed to be catching the ball. A guy that may not catch the ball very much this upcoming year because of a recently acquired yep. running back, uh, his ADP is about 608 right now. I, <laughs> He probably skyrocketed a little bit when they dropped Deontay Foreman. And he did. he's got a high of 402 and a low of 807. And it is a guy that nobody is ever excited about. <laughs> Lamar Miller. Nobody's excited about Lamar Miller. But I can tell you a, a few reasons that you can be excited about Lamar Miller. Now, I kind of did buy into the, oh, Duke Johnson is going to just completely tear his value apart. And so I got a little upset, a little depressed. But then I started digging into it a little more. I still think that Miller's going to have a really big role in this offense, even with Duke Johnson. Now, we all know that Duke Johnson catches passes. That's clear. We know that. But does Duke hurt Miller? Well, let's look at Miller back in 2015 when he was on the Dolphins. He had 47 receptions. To me, that, that's pretty good for what he is. Because since going to the Texans, they have not relied upon him for receptions. No, that's, not his, that's not his game. So to say that Duke Johnson is going to take receptions away, okay, I don't believe it. I actually, there's some things that say where that when you get a uh, running back that is uh, a pass catcher, that I, I don't completely know if I agree with this yet. But w- sometimes when you acquire a running back who's a pass catcher, now both running backs become better at pass catching because they throw the ball more to the running backs. Or that's or just a thought I had. It could be that the teams facing them are thinking about the primary running back catching the ball less because they do they have, have a pass catching exactly. back. So when he's on the field, it's going to be a run. So if they do let him go out into uh, pass routes, they're not thinking about that. Oh, I agree. And uh, Duke Johnson, I don't think, will hurt his receptions as well because let's look at back when 2016 Duke Johnson was with Isaiah Crowell. Johnson had 53 receptions and Crowell had 40. So that's not a bad amount of receptions for Crowell. Now, it 
wasn't terrible in 2017 when he had 28 receptions. But that's not that's kind of where I expect Miller to be. I think he's going to get somewhere around 30 receptions this year. That's about his average. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I not only do I think that it may help him get more looks possibly in the passing game, I'm not worried about that, but it, I think it opens up the – the running game for Lamar Miller Lamar as well, especially at the goal, goal line. And if that's going to happen, he's going to get a lot more touchdowns. Yeah, he hasn't ever had uh, double-digit rushing touchdowns in a season. Right. He's had double-digit touchdowns combined once, but this could be the year where they have to rely on him unless Deshaun, Jets, Deshaun Watson pulls a Cam Newton and starts rushing touchdowns yeah. in more. Well, I don't know if he's going to get more rush, a ton of more rushing touchdowns, but I think he's going to have a combined um, a good amount of at least double digits in touchdowns this year. But I want to make another point. Um, after the Hyde trade last year, Chubb had six rushing touchdowns and two receiving touchdowns. So eight total touchdowns within that time period. And if you, you make that to the full season uh, equivalent, like I've been doing with the other players, that would be 13 touchdowns. Now, do I think Miller is as good <laughs> as Chubb? I don't. I hope not. No. But I think Miller can get around 10 touchdowns total this year with 1,000 yards rushing, which he got really darn close to last year, with about 300 receiving yards and 30 receptions. That would give him a total of 220 fantasy points depending on your league style and whatnot. Well, that would put him at a solid RB2 and a darn close to an RB1 in fantasy football. That would be insane. That would and be that great. Would, that would shut up a lot of people. It would. That. And I, I'm not <laughs> saying I expect that out of him. I, I do expect him to be a running back two this year. Sure. I, 100%. If he doesn't become a one running back two this year, I'll be... I'll be a little disappointed. Running back one, I'd be completely shocked if he actually became a running back one. But it's not out of the realm of possibilities. That would be a throwback to uh, 2014 <laughs> yeah. or so when everybody thought Lamar Miller was going to be that almost uh, 2,000 total yard guy. He's going to have every – he's going to be the entire offense, and he has never shown – I mean, 1,099 rushing yards is the most he's ever come up with. Right. But he has never given you – less since that year he's never given you less than 872 that's rushing what i'm yards. saying he's always been close <laughs> to a thousand yards and he hasn't been beat up that's the best mm -hmm. thing he mm -hmm. hasn't had 350 carries so if he stays healthy and maybe he gets a few more rush attempts uh he had 210 last year if he gets 250 he gives you another 40 carries for another 160-ish yards, we'll say. That puts him over the 1,100-yard mark. Right. And you know with another 40 carries, there's probably another touchdown or so in there at least. Sure. And, and you're pushing that double-digit touchdown mark. Yep. I mean, that, that's all it takes is another 40 carries. And without somebody really trying to steal his rushing attempts, because Duke Johnson has not ever been a guy that he's not going to He's not going to lead the league in rushing. Let's, let's be no. honest with that. He is definitely a great pass catcher out of the backfield. So I understand why a lot of people, and I, my, admittedly I was getting worried myself because I have Lamar Miller in the flag league, which yes, we talk about a lot. And that it, it was concerning. I was like, oh, no, he's one of my guys. I don't have a whole lot else there. Yeah. So I needed him. And then I got looking at stuff, and maybe I twisted it. And I was like, oh, maybe I want it to you be this way. You found the numbers that worked. <laughs> but, yeah, that's, that's what you got looking at with Lamar Miller right now. And I – really do believe he's going to have a solid year. I, I 
I believe he is going to be Lamar Miller this year. Uh, yeah, and that's fine. In the sixth round is a fine place to take him. Yep. And a great person to compliment somebody if you took a little risk earlier. We were talking about uh, fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds, maybe taking a home run guy. This is the opposite of that. Right. The, this is the, the guy you take if maybe you went girly in the late first, <laughs> early second round. Or, yes. you know, just somebody of that nature where I got to have some points. We were, we were comparing these people to desserts and whatnot. Yeah. Well, he's the whipped cream on top. He's not the full dessert, but he's a great compliment. He might even be more the cherry. Natural, just regular occurring. We've got sugar. I'm getting hungry. Let's stop this time. Let's get back on the fancy football. All right. Let's get back on All right. I I don't have anybody in the sixth round. I I wanted to just discuss Lamar. Miller. Yeah, that's fine. He is he is the safest pick. Over the last, I don't know how many years. He has been. That's true. Whether or not he gets you, you know, big games, that that's not why you're drafting him. So you have to know that your team makeup up until the sixth round is going to right. decide for you whether or not Lamar Miller should be on your team or if you should be going elsewhere and trying mm-hmm. for the home run. Right. Uh, we've got one round left. Round seven. Round seven. And we have a, a another set of wide receivers. Uh, they're a little different than Tyler Boyd <laughs> and Jarvis Landry. Uh, these guys have lots of talent. Mm-hmm. And their ADPs currently are right around 704 and 708. They are being taken as high as 407, 503, wow. and... Uh, latest in the middle of the ninth round for both of them. Okay. I'm talking about Will Fuller. So we're still in Houston. <laughs> and this guy, oh my goodness, I have such high hopes yeah. for Will Fuller. He has been in the league for three years now. Um, he had a 51% catch rate his rookie year. Right. Uh, that was only, oh, that was 47 catches on 92 targets. In his second year, he only had 28 catches on 50 targets. A little improvement on catch rate, 56%. Sure. But he had those seven touchdowns. Yep. 25% touchdown rate on his catches. Yep. That is unsustainable, but you look at it, you see this, and that is one of the guys that could be a home run pick. Right. Now in 2018, Absolutely. he had 32 catches on 45 targets, which is a 71 catch rate mm-hmm. so he's been getting better every year with his catch rate now the only thing he hasn't been getting better at is staying on the field <laughs> that's the biggest thing with him not i this is why i don't like him because it just seems like it's just gonna happen like it just i do not like injury prone people and when you get somebody like this it really makes it difficult that's that's why we're talking in these rounds about the home run pick. Yeah, well, you can take this guy. Hopefully, he'll even give you three or four weeks to start off the season. And if you are really scared <laughs> about this guy going down again, you can trade him off to somebody that is willing to, you know, take the risk for the rest of the I year. I wouldn't mind taking the risk because if you look at it, Fuller had eleven point two yards per target last year, which was only behind one guy and that was Tyler Lockett who was clearly on the same page with Russell Wilson last year so 
that to me tells me that there's something going on there. Like mm-hmm. he and Deshaun Watson have some kind oh, of rapport. Oh, they're best buds. Just and like they, Landry and OBJ, yes. Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller are like BFFs. Right. And Fuller was 18th in yards per game. I mean, he only played, what, seven games. But like you said, he had four, them four touchdowns, which was a, a .57 touchdown rate. Mm-hmm. And if you look at it, that's actually top 10 for wide receivers. Yeah. It's crazy how good the numbers can look. And still I'm like, I don't like it. Only because the injury problem. That's it. If it wasn't an injury problem, I would absolutely love Will Fuller. Oh, if you average out all of his seasons, all of his catches, all mm-hmm. of his, he is going to give you on average, if he plays a full season, <laughs> Around 65 catches and eight touchdowns. Sure. And it's probably going to be around, you know, eight to 900 yards. But he's fully capable of giving you way more yardage yeah. and more touchdowns. Yep. If Deshaun Watson and him are clicking, it's, that was the 28 catches and seven touchdowns could easily turn into those 65 catches and 15 touchdowns if he stays on the field. Yep. That's the now, biggest key. The other person we're talking about, he has less NFL experience, but he has very similar tendencies in his statistics, but was also hurt. The (laughs) other guy is Dante Pettis, and he had a 60% catch rate, which is just fine. Uh, Five touchdowns on 27 catches. It's very similar. Yes. And... Jimmy Garoppolo needs a number one wide receiver in San Francisco. No doubt about that. And I, th- I think Jimmy Garoppolo needs to show me that he can be the quarterback again. Yes. Because I haven't seen him play in a year. And I really – this is one of these guys where he came out shooting like he was the best quarterback in the league and he had a great five last week. The five, wow, I can't speak. He had a great five weeks to end that season, and then we didn't really get to see that. Right. And I think that if Jimmy G can come out there and be that guy, Pettis could be huge. Yes. I am a little worried that they might not be on the same page. It's possible. I Obviously, none of us can predict the future. Right. Um, I would like to give you some college stats for Dante Pettis since we don't have much <laughs> yep. in the way of NFL stats. Yep. But it is so eerily similar to what Will Fuller has done. In 2016, he had 53 catches for 822 yards, 15 touchdowns. Mm. And then we just got done talking about Will Fuller. If we average out his season, it was 65 catches, 8 touchdowns. Well, Dante Pettis' last year in college... 63 catches, seven touchdowns. They This, this yeah. is the round if yep. you want to take a shot at a home run type of wide receiver. Yeah, we're talking the seventh round here. Yeah, so seventh round. It, it's You can miss in the seventh round and be okay. Mm-hmm. We've all done it. We're going to keep doing it. We'll, we will miss in these middle rounds. But if you have a good enough team up to this point, this could either put you – way over the top (laughs) or it might not hurt you at all right and that's why i like taking either of these guys will fuller or dante pettis uh in the seventh round i guess uh you put a gun to my head i'm going will fuller right now yeah just because he 
He is so in sync with Deshaun Watson. I think there's less questions about Watson than there is about Garoppolo exactly. at this point. Exactly. So I would agree with you on that. I have both of these guys in multiple leagues, so, you know, whatever works. Uh, it was Jimmy Garoppolo's first practice since Wednesday when, at one point, he threw five interceptions in as many attempts. Mm-hmm. That's not, not a good. Uh, not a good. Not a good way to uh, make your point that you're going to be the starting quarterback for this team. Now we don't know the circumstances around those five interceptions. Was he sure. trying to force it into small windows? Was he picking on one guy <laughs> just to see? Oh, you got two interceptions. No, nope, I'm going to try and get it. It reminds me again. of when I was in flag football, and <laughs> I was the only one that could throw the ball far enough. Uh, Everybody else with the probably more accurate, probably a better decision maker. But I get back to pass and I throw the ball, and every single time I would get inter- intercepted, every time, and it was always the same guy that was picking me off, and it just was terrible. But yeah, I'm not comparing myself to Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think I could be the 49ers quarterback. Well, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> After the fantasy football expo in Canton, Ohio, I'm gonna try out. We are flying right to San Francisco. <laughs> no, we are not doing any such thing. We have a seven and a half hour drive to get back, and uh, hopefully it'll be a fun ride back. But, yes, it will be. Uh, that is going to wrap it up for us today. I would like to thank everybody for listening. It, it tomorrow is going to be a fun day. Yeah. I know you probably won't be listening to this until after the expo. Yep. But uh, we will have an update for you. We're going to meet a lot of people. Uh, the charity draft is going to be a That's lot of fun. That's going to be good, yeah. There's 36 industry people mm-hmm. in three different leagues playing for their favorite charities. So that's going to be fun. going to be bright and early. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we, uh, I guess, yeah, that is going to do it for us. And... Um, uh, what else do we need to... Pole sports. Pole sports. Don't forget course. about it, man. Don't forget about pole sports. <laughs> we did it at the beginning. We'll do it at the end. Oh, yeah. Polesports.com. Uh, if you watched us the last time, these polls were just popping up yep. left and right. Mm-hmm. While we were trying to talk about one, another one popped up. It is just constant, constant polls. Who do I trade? Who should I draft? Who do I start? And those who do I starts are going to be even more important right. and just... Yep. Like three short weeks? Oh, man, it's coming, man. It is almost Can't there. Can't wait. Oh, all right, that's, that's it. Again, thank you for listening, and don't forget, stay fueled up this fantasy season.